You're listening to the Haney Company Financial Guy Show. No nonsense, just a crazy mix of life, business, the funny, and of course we're going to talk about your money. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. What could go wrong? Welcome to another episode of the Haney Company Financial Guys Show. I'm really excited for our guest today, Charlotte McKinley. Thanks for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure. I love talking about uh, teens and money and how to get these parents and, and, and kids prepared for the real world. So thank you so much for having me. No, I, I, I was looking forward to this. It's as we both understand, a hugely important thing to talk about and to equip. So, um, but we can't, let's not give it away too quickly because right. we have some some very important questions that are usually the hardest. I think we were already talking about that. These are, these are really challenging. So would you rather explore the depths of the ocean or go to outer space? Uh, so this one was hard for me uh, because the answer is neither on those. But um, <laughs> if I had to choose one, uh, I guess I would choose ocean. But then, of course, in the back of my mind, I'm like, but the sharks. So <laughs> I think this one has revealed a little bit more of my natural fear than I would like to think that I have, because both of those just has me thinking about just like the negative and not sort of seeing, like, imagine seeing Earth from a distance. Like, that would be pretty cool. But to me, I just have too many, yeah, but what if, but what if in my mind? So there you go, the ocean. No, I, I, I appreciate, I think I appreciate the, the way that your mind works because I, I feel similarly, and the fact that you said sharks out the gate, that's my reason for not wanting to that's do the right. ocean. But I also have seen too many, I guess, space and sci-fi movies to the concept of somebody just floating off into nowhere. So I'm like, exactly. yeah, yes. neither's, neither's super appealing, but. Agreed. It could Agreed. Be. And I love to travel and see new things, but man, uh, neither one of those appeal too much. Yeah, so we'll just keep it to planet earth and keep it to terra firma. Okay. There we go. Amen. All right. I'm, I'm down. All right. What food will you not eat under any circumstances? Uh, this one comes up a lot because one of my dear friends, her favorite food is beets. And okay. I tried, I, I really did. But man, when you cut into one of those things and it just kind of bleeds all over the place. And then like, I've not found any way to eat them <laughs> that, that does not taste like the ground for me. And so I, I just got to say beets. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. And I know what you're talking about, especially especially to keep away from certain stainable surfaces and or clothing. Yeah. It is a hazardous, it's a potentially hazardous thing to be trying to eat. That is, is correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Okay. All right. If you could have one superpower, what superpower would you want to have? Oh my gosh, this is a discussion for my husband and I talk about all the time. And, you know, he's like super strength or I want to, you know, laser eyes or whatever. No, the answer is teleportation by a mile. The idea, yeah. I cannot stand wasted time. Um, I'm very efficient. <laughs> and the minute I am in a traffic jam, I just, I'm like the incredible Hulk. I lose my mind. So <laughs> the idea 
that I could just instantly be where I needed to be. I didn't have to worry. Oh, going to get gas. I'm like Kramer and Seinfeld. I don't know if you ever remember that where he's just, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to go get gas. That's me every time because to stop for gas is so annoying. Um, so teleportation, the, the final answer, lock it in. I like it. And, and, I, and I also like all of the rationalization behind it. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think, I think I've equivocated on a bunch of uh, different ones that that's on the list. That's a short list. That's a good one. And I think, I think a couple of other people have agreed with you in the past on that one as well. So it's, it's definitely got its merits for sure. So practical. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Besides this one, of course, what other podcast would you want to recommend to our audience that you've enjoyed? Wow. Yeah. Gosh, there's so many. I love podcasts. I am so thankful that our, uh, that our universe has now got podcast in it. You know, I, I really, Malcolm Gladwell and his Pushkin Industries, they do a lot of a great stuff there. Um, and I found through listening to Malcolm Gladwell um, does a revisionist history podcast and listening to that one led me to one that is amazing called Cautionary Tales with Tim Hartford. And it doesn't hmm. have anything to do with money, but the way that he tells stories and then is able to sort of say, hey, you know, if that, can we learn a lesson from this poor schmuck who did that? Or, you know, from from the amazing thing that this person did, but it's like everyday things. Um, Gosh, it's so good. Um, I, I do. I do love cautionary tales. I can't wait for every season to come to come out. No, that sounds like a good one. And it's not one I've heard of. So I'm glad to add that to the list. Yeah, that's, check uh, it out. That's exciting. No, I, yeah. I, it's a good framework. And and I'm, I, too, am a Malcolm Gladwell fan. So I, I try to consume at least all of his books and, and then a lot of other things because it's yeah, just. Yeah, that's where I started was his books. And then, you know, it led me to his podcast. Revisionist History is great. Um, yeah. I don't but, even think I've heard that one either. I, I know oh, I've seen it in my periphery, but I have. So I'll have to yeah. also put that in the queue. I would. I would. Good stuff. Awesome. Well, all right. Let's talk about you and your brand, which is beyond personal finance. So how, how did you get to be where you are, this superhero of financial education? What's, what's the Charlotte McKinley story? Yeah. So I actually call myself the artisan of adulting, um, which is a grandiose title uh, because I feel like my life verse, if I were to ever get a tattoo, uh, I would, it would be a very long tattoo, no pictures. It would just say the quality of your life depends on the quality of your choices. I love that. It's so true. Um, I started, I'm a, a, a CPA by trade. Financial is kind of where the lane that I'm in. But as I then became a parent, um, I've realized how true it is in life in general. Um, It's Mm -hmm. bigger. If we can get, if we can harness this idea that our choices matter, then it will naturally have an outflow to our financial choices as well. So um, beyond personal finance was a curriculum that is a curriculum that I wrote for my son, really just trying to show him that because we started with Dave Ramsey. Um, Dave Ramsey has a financial curriculum for kids mm-hmm. that 
um, you know, I, 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 I'm not a writer at all. I had, <laughs> had I known that I'd be here when I made this decision, but we started with it and we watched it and I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm enjoying it. It's fine. Um, but my son's a little bored and I get it. Dave's kind of an old guy sitting around talking about semi boring things. Um, but I, I just really wanted my son, Jack to, to take off, to be like, Oh, I get it now. I see it. And he just wasn't. And when I asked him, you know, Hey, what's going on here? Or why are you making that choice with your money? And he's like, I, you know, you learned how expensive. Oh yeah. Well, buying a $5,000 car is fine, but I'm just not going to be poor one day, you know? So like, that's probably fine for somebody who like, I don't know, works at the mall, but I'm going to have a lot of money. So I don't, this stuff doesn't seem relevant to me. And I was like, oh, we have got a much bigger problem on our hands because (laughs) if you set out with that mindset, then watching someone like Dave Ramsey or, or, you know, Clark Howard or any of those guys who preach financial um, conservatives, you know, being, being very wise with every penny. Well, if you think you're going to have tons of pennies, then so I decided to show him that he wasn't going to have tons of pennies. So I took the the model of game of life um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, they like games and all that. And then I just sort of said, okay, Jack, you pick a career. Okay. Now go research. How much does it cost? You know, how much are you going to get paid? Okay. Now you pick an apartment, you pick a car, blah, blah, blah. And it's 20 lessons of his life going from age 22 to 42, because, you know, a lot of these things that we see, um, online, they're like, do your first budget. But honestly, it's kind of at age 22, it's pretty easy to afford the things you want and then blow a lot of money, right? Yeah. I mean, my son's right now a freshman in college and he is getting an engineering degree. So he's got this big potential salary coming up that when he's 22, he's going to be able to blow a ton of money and still make the wise financial decisions that, you know, the books tell you to, you know, put away 20%, blah, blah, all of that and still have money to blow. So I wanted to show him that the choices you make at 22 determine the choices you get to make at 30. So if you don't put away enough money, then by the time you want to buy a house, you, you're limiting the choices that you have. And yeah. etc. So that's why I did it. That's why it's 20 lessons, because you got to see, and it's something that we adults know, but kids don't, that life strings together. And if you don't take high school seriously, you're shutting some of the doors t- for college and career. And then if you don't take that seriously, you're shutting future doors. So I'm trying to, that's kind of, I don't know, that's my passion. Um, and that's where beyond personal finance comes, comes in that one, um, class I created on a yellow legal pad has now grown, uh, and I sell it nationwide, even some internationally to help families, uh, equip their kids to know what future you is going to be, you know, what it's, what it could look like to, to adult financially. Well, and I, I think I really the approach and kind of the heart behind how you've set things up is what resonates with me so much because 
it, it it's similar to the practice that that I think we have in our in our in our financial practice, our our team. But it's it's about you know really understanding motivations, understanding values, understanding how we see ourselves. That's right. You know how a habit flows. It starts for what you believe. I mean, like what you mentioned, your son believed he'd make a ton of money. And therefore, because of that initial belief, he here were all these subsequent things that played out from that. That's and I exactly and I and, and I think that that's so important because you know, we see a lot of things out there that are are good, whether it's tools, books. I mean, there's a ton of resources. We're in the we're in the information era, right? The digital era, there's a ton of stuff out there, but getting it to a place where it applies and, and you make that connection point to wait a minute i have to start a little bit further away than just money right just budget just that because if i don't have the right framework to even consider it it's not gonna help that's right and you know for me i always encourage families because we can use the tool of money to help teach values because yep. you know you're in that you're choosing to invest one way or the other and so giving kids putting money in kids hands and having them spend it like you can't just give it to them and then just hope for the best but just you know like my son loved candy and he was always asking me for candy at the grocery store or at the gas station or whatever so finally, I just told him, hey, I'm not ever going to pay for your candy. Again, I'm going to give you money instead, and I'm going to let you. And, and you know, we I taught him all sorts of stuff. If he had money but didn't bring his wallet, he didn't get the candy. And that was responsibility, you know, yeah. like, and so little things like that. And he began to see that he valued those expensive Lego ships that he wanted more than he valued the candy, but he could only see if he was doing it with my money, the answer is, yeah, I want it all. Uh, yeah, right. I want all of the things. But when he was able to spend the money himself, he learned about himself. We did the same thing. He refused to eat off the kid's menu because he was like, he was like 12, 11 or 12, something like that. And he's got my love of food. And he was like, no, that's not enough food. So again, I said, okay, from, I'm going to give you the money and let you pay for your meals when you eat out. And he learned so much. He was all the time after that, eating off the kid's menu or splitting a meal with me, or he stopped <laughs> ordering the hand-squeezed lemonade. And every now and then <clears throat> when I paid for his meal out, you know, like we did a kind of a special treat or something like that. And I was like, Hey, Jack, you know, you, you worked hard this week. This hand squeeze lemonade is on me. And he was so grateful. Oh my gosh. Thank you. so, <laughs> Thank you so much. And I think as parents, we, we tend to throw money at our kids and expect gratitude, but if they don't recognize the cost, they, they don't really gratitude is when someone relieves a burden from you and you're just so thankful. But if they've never had the burden, Jack didn't know that the hand squeeze lemonade at $4 a pop was any big deal to me, but boy, you better believe when it was the money. And of course I'm not making him spend his own money. 
I gave him money, uh, you know, an allowance, but I tasked him with how to spend that. Because if yeah. I just give him allowance, it's just like free money. And I don't, I don't believe in free money. So I would never just do that. So he learned, he just learned a lot by the practice of saving and spending. No, and that's, I mean, and I think you just hit on another point that resonates with me as well, which is, you know, the concept of free money and ownership and, you know, how you can't be responsible for things that you have no connection or ownership to really. That's if, right. If stuff just That's shows right. up, like, okay, wow, look, I opened the fridge and there was food in it. Look at that. Like, and our, here's, here's money in my wallet that it just, boom, it showed up or it came from my pants, you know, and that's, you know, fine in some areas, but I think certainly financially that can be challenging. And I, and so, you know, I, I've always seen, and you've probably seen this too, that parents either intentionally, but mostly unintentionally will pass habits down and even beliefs down about how they see and handle money to their kids because oh, yeah. that we that we are giving them the front row seat to good or bad financial management along with everything else. What are some of the things that you've seen that are the most common things that, you know, maybe once once a parent or, you know, somebody when you're working with a teenager kind of identifies, oh, wait a minute, this is not good and, and I want to change it. What are some of those things that you've seen or even even, you know, practice yourself that you're like, oh, I got a course correct or whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the, one of the big ones, I, I try to do a lot of reading and, you know, so interested in, um, you know, raising adults, raising people who are prepared for the real world. And uh, there's a, a lady who writes about uh, being, um, helping your kids be fin- fiscally responsible. Her name is mm-hmm. Beth Koblener. I think that's how you pronounce her name, but sorry, Beth. <laughs> But one of the things she said is a pretty bold statement is she's like, we lie to our kids about money. And then she goes on to say that so often we will say, you know, our kids will ask us for something and we'll say, no, we can't afford that. Hmm. But then, you know, 15 minutes later, we're in the Starbucks line getting a latte. And it's Mm -hmm. like, wait a minute. And and so it it is a mixed message to kids. They are watching us. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be pretty intentional and mindful of of what we are doing and saying so that if they, and I'm not saying that we should buy them the thing, you know, if the kid asks for something, you've got to tell them the truth because Mm -hmm. the truth is we can afford it. There's, there's very, I mean, short of a Lamborghini or something like that, there's lots of things I can afford, but it comes at the cost of something else. Like, you know, if I upgrade my house, then I travel less or whatever. So explaining to kids, taking the time to say, no, you can't have that toy because, you know, we really, in our family, We spend our money, you know, toys are really kind of birthday and Christmas things. It's Mm -hmm. important to us, you know, like you have to, you have to be able to explain your financial choices and 
that's a lot of work because you have to think it causes you to think through why am I saying no to that toy and yes to that latte? Should I really be saying yes to that latte? You know, a lot of times it, they, kids hold us accountable (laughs) to our choices. And so, you know, being humble enough to explain, I remember, gosh, my daughter, she was doing geometry and asked for help. And I walked over there and I looked at it and y'all I've been in geometry class. I passed it, (laughs) but I looked down at that lesson. It made me feel so small and just so stupid. Like all my confidence in my whole self was gone in an instant. And I think that it's the same thing with these, with financial topics is when kids learn about financial stuff in school or through my curriculum or Dave Ramsey or whatever it is, then they're coming back to us and asking questions that we Mm -hmm. might not know, or they're, they're holding us accountable to our decisions. Gosh, how much do we really spend eating out mom? Uh, you know, and so you just really have to be honest and, 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 and humble enough to say, you know what, growing up, I didn't learn this. And so I'm digging out of a lot of bad financial choices. So, you know, part of the reason why we can't afford these things is because, you know, we have, I have credit card debt or student loan debt. You know, you have to be honest um, because your kids are seeing your behavior. And if there's not some education behind that behavior, then they may get the wrong message that you, you just don't want to send. Well, I think, and that, that last point is so critical to be, you know, in the absence of truth, you fill in the blank yourself. Right. We all naturally do that, right? right? If we don't know why something is, we're going to, our brain's going to still try to complete that story. That's right. Um, and, and I really like how you, you know, you framed a lot of this in terms of just, I think it's that, you know, it does cause a lot of parents, I know in, in all of the work that I do to really take a step back and look at themselves first, because obviously you have to start there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to ask those very basic questions, why do I do what I do? Why am I doing it this way? And, and inherently, I think you, you mentioned it in a couple of areas. I've found that a lot of people, you know, when, when you become more uh, introspective about this and more thoughtful, it leads back to more conversations about values than it does about money. Because let's face it, money's just a medium. That's right. It, that's all it is. It's, it, we, we um, tend to give it more power than it actually should have. And we also have a lot of emotional baggage, I think, uh, that gets in the way. But that's true for a lot of things in life. But it's, it does a lot of times allow you to have conversations about values and you know appreciation and responsibility and character and all this other stuff that, you know, if we say, for example... Um, you know, it's important for us to eat healthy. And yet then we go to McDonald's three days a week, right? Yeah. Obviously we see that there's, there's, there's a, no, no offense to McDonald's, but sure, I don't, sure. I don't think anybody's putting it on the top 10 healthy places to go eat list. So, you know, things like that then become that, okay, well, let's, 
let's make sure that if, if I say this is a value or if I want my kids to say that this is a value, or if this is a family value, are these things that we're looking at, especially our financial spending habits and our financial habits in general, do they line up? Or is this an area where we need some correction? That's um, right. To reassess things, yeah. That's right. And you know, also money, one of the things is money will say no, you know, and that's (laughs) hard. That is a really, we as humans do not like to be told no. And money does that to us. And so (laughs) often we get angry about that. Often we don't like, we don't like it because it makes us feel bad about ourselves to have those constraints on us. But the sooner you, for me, I was tired of arguing with my son about the hand squeeze lemonade. I love to eat out. It, I, it's my love language. Okay. I love it. And so we would go to a restaurant on Friday night and the, we would sit down and inevitably my son would ask, can I have the hand squeeds lemonade? I would inevitably say no. He would inevitably argue why. Then I would, you know, we would just, we started. And by the time the waiter got there, you know, we're just, we're done. It's like, ah, especially because I also love Coke Zero. So I will, I get a Coke Zero every time I sit down at a restaurant. And so my son is like, well, why do you get the Coke Zero? And I get the water. And depending on my mood, I could give him a whole spiel on how I earned my money and you are just here for the ride. You get water, you know. Um, But because I didn't want to argue, then I had two choices. I could either just buy the lemonade and just, oh, just, just get it. And I think so often we, as parents, we, you know, we're arguing all the time at our offices. We don't want to have to then come home and argue with our kids. So we just get the lemonade, just get it. But I didn't want that either. Cause I knew that was wrong. Cause I was spoiled as a kid. So I, I, I gave him the money and I let the money tell him no. Because Mm -hmm. ultimately that's why I'm telling him no as well is it's really not that I feel he's a very active kid. I didn't feel like the calories were bad. And so if the hand squeeze lemonade were free, I would let him have it, but it's the money that is stopping me. And it, it shouldn't be stopping me. It should be stopping him. So the sooner we can get our kids to understand that the boundaries we have as adults are not just, we're not just, we're not just lame. Like there's a reason. There's a reason that we are doing the things that we do. It just takes a little bit of mindfulness to actually explain to the kids the reason. You know, it, it's funny you, you said it the way you did, because one of the one of the workshops we were actually it's in development. So preview of coming attractions, but uh, is money talks, what is it saying to you? And right. it's true. I mean, it, it, you, you're, you're absolutely right. And I would say uh, a lot of people have trouble listening yeah. to what their money tells them, or they do hear it and they just, you know, still That's go right. right on and say, I don't care. I don't, you know, plug, plug I, my ears. Yeah. And uh, I equate on. money to the scale, you know, That's <laughs> it's <right>. like, <laughs> you know, a lot of people just avoid the scale altogether. They don't want to know. Or, you know, they, they might, 
get on the scale and, and just get angry or feel bad about themselves or what. It's just, it's a mirror. Money yeah. is, is just a tool. And, and we have to reevaluate what we think it's saying, you know, like I used to be all ashamed of my washers and dryers because they were, they look like they come from the Flintstones, but now, you know, I was kind of, kind of embarrassed because my friends had cooler ones. Um, and my washer and dryer is right by the guest bathroom. So I'm like, Oh no. But now I love those Flintstone washers and dryers. Yeah, yeah. they're from the Stone Age, but they are free. So, it, you know, the and washers and dryers. Work. That's right. The washers and dryers didn't change. It was just the way that I saw them and how yeah. I, I was like, God, why would I spend my money on washers and dryers? How lame is that when I could go to the beach for the weekend? And so little things like that shifting. So I love that you're doing that money talks because it, gosh, it just, I think it will drive behavior change. Yeah. And I also, you know, even what you mentioned about, I want to, I want to take this straight because I I don't want to, you, you mentioned how you've handled giving allowances or really in the fact that, you know, nothing's free. And so um, one of the most powerful things that I had growing up in terms of how i was related to money was the fact that my dad refused to give me allowance and and his her in his mind it was i don't think you know kids should get paid for just getting older you know so like right. why, why what what has empowered you to, to to earn the right to anything just because you earned another year on the calendar uh, hey i agree with him completely but he did he was smart about it he said you know as soon as i started asking for allowance he didn't just say no but one morning he showed up at at breakfast with a advertisement from the newspaper saying, Hey, here's a paper boy opportunity. So if you want money, this might That's be an cool. easy way to turn around that. And I was naive enough to say, Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> realizing that that means you have to get up at 5 AM 365 days a year, but I did. And yeah. you know, it was a, it was a hugely formative experience. Gave me a lot of time to, to bond with my dad, but it was, you know, when you earn something and, and now I had a different connection to, I knew what it cost me to get, you know, I had to get up early. I had a very different life than everybody else growing up because I had a responsibility that started way before most people even opened their eyes. That's right. And, yeah, and-, and it was, you know, and then I, I used it. Thankfully it helped me not have too many. I, I would love to tell you, I, I was student loan free. I was not, but I had, you know, zeros less than, um, I think I paid for 75% of college myself because of that. Right. Well, I mean, I'm not, listen, I'm not anti-debt at all. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's return on investment and there's, there's all sorts of discussions on, on that, that, you know, if you leverage debt properly, um, you know, it, it could pay off for sure. So that, okay. that is no issue with me. I just, you know, we buy our kids a, a piano for piano lessons and, you know, yeah. or a soccer ball for soccer lessons. I don't, I use the term allowance because that's sort of what we all call it, but I'm with your dad. Like there is no free money. I am giving you this money to teach you the lesson yeah. of responsibility, gratitude, etc., And it is for a particular 
I ex like when I give you this money, I have expectations on it. And it mm -hmm. isn't chores. I also don't think we ought to be paying kids for chores. If we're getting them ready to be an adult, can you imagine? I mean, <laughs> with, when they go to their own house and they've been paid to clean the potty for years, no one's going to pay an adult to clean their own house. So yeah. I, I just, it's just got to be mindfully done or like your dad did is here's an opportunity to earn, you know, what you want is so powerful, but yeah. it takes work on the behalf of the parents. And a lot of us are overscheduled or, you know, that leave it to the school systems to teach our kids. And it really is something that we're going to have to take the reins back and, and recognize that our runway to get these kids ready to launch is shorter than we realize. And they, there, there are skills and, and beliefs and values that they need to, to be instilled in them before they launch. Otherwise, you know, I, I spent a lot of my twenties digging out because I just didn't know. I, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. And then I got that first paycheck and I just started spending like an adult would. Mm -hmm. and I, oh, it was awful. No. Well, and, and that's, you know, that was another thing that I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it is important to, for all of us who we, you know, I think we're maybe somewhat connected to it, but, but the reality is our education system is not set up to teach us about money. It's just not, never has been. I, and I, I don't necessarily know. I, I would say it should be, um, right. uh, you know, so value-based. It's yeah. very hard to do. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so, but we have to know that because that means if, you know, we're getting all this education space and time, and this is what our, our kids are going to be getting from it, if there's a void, it's really imperative that we don't uh, avoid still giving that same basic framework. That's right. Because, you know, too, too many, you know, we, we hear so, I hear so many stories of just all the things that I wish somebody would have told me when. Yes. Right. And, and maybe yes. even we have those, those statements ourselves. It's just, and so, um, you know, I want to ask you if you have, cause I, I'm sure you probably have a few, what are some common tips or tricks or things that you think are really, really important for parents to try to help, you know, move the needle and, 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 a lot, and know that their kids are going to come out of there at least a little bit more financially responsible than maybe not. Yes. Yeah. Well, the first thing I would just say to all parents is time is shorter than you think. And oh, yeah, nobody yeah. wants to hear that, you know, when they've got this cute little four-year-old or five-year-old or whatever. But the truth is our kids stop listening to us um, or at least stop listening to us as um, devotedly when they are in high school. But so often it's not till they sort of start looking like adults that we start prepping them to be adults. Yeah. And I remember my mom, you know, I was in high school and she's like, well, I need to teach you to cook. I did not want to be around her. Uh, I had other things I wanted to do. I, I literally looked at her and said, I don't need to learn how to cook. I'm going to have a cook. <laughs> um, it's, you know, so the apple doesn't fall far from the tree when you hear my son who thinks he's going to be rich. 
<clears throat> so <laughs> what I, I would it. say is your, your time, you really need to get when your kids are young and inquisitive, you know, I mean, they're asking so many questions when they're young. It's almost like a meme, like we're so irritated by their questions, but instead um, take the opportunity to introduce money into, into the discussion. You know, yeah. when you're running errands, I will drive right by an expensive grocery store to go to a cheaper one. Take that opportunity to tell them, hey, why do you think we're driving by that grocery store? Oh, let me tell you, you know, introduce money into the conversation early and then um, introduce when you give an allowance, when you give kids the opportunity to make choices with money, um, it doesn't have to be forever. You don't have just because mm -hmm. you start something at seven years old, you don't have to do that till they're 18. It is, you know, it's the same way as piano lessons or guitar lessons. When my son, I took one year and I told him he had to pay to eat out. You know, I gave him money. So he paid for our, for his eating out, but we only did that for one year. Um, so I would, you know, time is short, uh, start with the lessons early and then, um, you know, definitely get the money in the kids' hands. It will teach them gratitude and responsibility, their values, like we talked about. Um, I would definitely do that. I would also, it is super important that your kids have jobs, like mm -hmm. not jobs inside the home, like with a real boss so that, again, they can learn. Oh, now I see why, why you are so, uh, tired when you get home from work, mom, <laughs> I'm tired when I get home from work, that kind of, you know, kids, teenagers, especially need to recognize that they should be able to convert the free time that they have and get off the screens, get off the couch mm -hmm. and get out there and work. Studies have shown us that when you compress a teen's time, they tend to do better in school. They tend yep. to be more organized because they have to, they don't have this long window to say, well, I'll do it later. Because it's like, oh, I can't do it later because I have to work. So definitely be pushing your kids towards working. And the way that I the way that I did that is I shifted the way that I talked to my kids into, I, I just <clears throat> sort of explained, hey, future you is a real guy. Future you needs the skills and tools to exist. And so I'm trying to get current you some of those skills so that future you is ready. And part of that is learning how to work, building a resume, knowing how to talk to adults by looking at them in the eyes. So often they're, they're on their screens with so much of this social media stuff that they, I mean, they're, they're talking in these little acronym things, you know, like really, they don't even spell really anymore. It's like R-L-Y. <laughs> and yeah. at a job, a job won't let you do that. A job no. <laughs> turns you into an adult. And I think we do a disservice. High school is not so busy that they can't find the time to, to work. And so I would definitely, agree. yeah. And then the kind of the last thing is 
I shifted. I'm a natural spender. I love to spend. And my son has inherited that same uh, love. And <laughs> what I good heredity there, right? There that's right. Go. I'm Jeez. so proud. I'm so proud. Well, I tell you know, I always say that had my daughter been born first, this curriculum would not exist. She's a natural saver. She's a lot more logical. She, I mean, you, you have to pry money out of her hand. Sounds like my Um, daughter. (laughs) Yeah. And so my son, so a lot of my lessons are from my son's angle because my daughter are totally different lessons, but I shifted it because savings is boring. If you say, because I had my son put away 70% of anything he made and, you know, to say, oh, you're going to save it. No. What I said is, oh, that's your future spending. That is money. Future you gets to spend and future you that might be next week or next month or next year, but you're going to spend all that money. It's just that you're not going to spend it now because the more exciting stuff is yet to come and just casting a vision for their future in a way that is exciting. You know, it's like, so that they can see, oh, imagine the trips you get, you can be on. Imagine the the car you could have or the house or whatever it is that they're kind of into. You can play into that by saying, hey, you, here's how to get there from here. And so that they just don't think they're just putting money away for nothing, you know, for it's just gone forever. No, I think... I'm really glad that you said that because it's interesting that same philosophy is the foundation of what we do uh, and what I do, especially when it deals with kind of basic financial planning and wealth management. The first thing that I do is work with my clients to say, we have to assign and connect all your money with a purpose. Right. Right. Because money isn't purposeless. It's all got to be connected to something. If you know, it's common things, right? Retirement. This is what that is for. Right. And so, I mean, it's, it's extremely powerful because that's how it works functionally, but we don't connect to it enough that way. Um, and then once you really do, not only does it give you that kind of encouragement or that, or that connection that's really, really helpful, but I think it also helps you be more strategic about it because if you sit here and say, well, this is what this is really for, then you'll, you'll, you'll have a much higher likelihood of doing whatever it takes to make sure that you can use it for that purpose. That's right. Versus it just being indiscriminate. Like you said, oh, it's just savings. It's just there. It's, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, oh, well, this came along. I'll just grab, you know, $5,000 for X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So I really, I really appreciate that, that framework because it is, I think it is so important. And yet it is one of those things that even, even, you know, adults, we don't always make those types of connections and it's so, so helpful. Um, I think it goes back to hope, you know, like they, they will, there's all sorts of studies on, you know, if you are hopeless, you are, you know, less motivated, you're less happy, you know, you you can uh, sink into depression And so just knowing that there is a future and it can be vibrant and, and, and fun. And it, but it, it, it will be that when you have a plan and a direction towards that, and you're not just working to work. I mean, 
there, there's a lot of hopelessness there, right? Just yeah. why am I working? Well, let me tell you why here, you know, here we go. So yeah, I love that. That's great. Well, you know, I think we've covered a lot of ground, probably even more than I think we set out to. And I'm, I'm sure. so glad that we did. Um, let me just let you wrap up in, in any kind of plugs, shout outs. What, what closing thoughts do you want to leave us with? Sure. Well, I just really, you know, I'm back to it is our job to raise adults. We have a purpose, and that is to get these kids ready. They are not our um, our pets. You know, they're not our they're not our toys that are just going to stay with us and that are just here to entertain us or make us happy or feel warm and cozy or whatever. We have a job to do. We've been entrusted with their lives and it's our job to get them ready. And to do that takes a little bit more work. You've got to be mindful and intentional about you know what you believe in so that you can pass that on to them. Even, you know, some of the, they can learn through your mistakes. Um, yeah. So, so be open and, and be vulnerable with them to try to help them see your heart because they love you and they want to connect with you. And the best way to do that is to be vulnerable and open. And <clears throat> every week I uh, send out to my subscribers um, some content around raising adults that are fiscally responsible and ready for the next step and the next journey. So I would invite anybody to follow me. Um, it's beyondpersonalfinance.com um, or artisanofadulting.com. Either one, uh, you can subscribe through those and uh, you can get to me. And I've got also, I, I sent... Um, if you want to attach it in the show notes, or I can give you a link if you'd like, I've got a list of books that I love that have helped me along uh, with seeing my role as a guide. Um, uh, and, and then of course, you know, some, some financial stuff as well. So I would encourage you to, to use those books to get started and, and follow me because I, I I'd love to share <laughs> some of the lessons that I learned the hard way. No, I a hundred percent agree. Thank you for doing that and for doing what you're doing. Cause it is uh, it's a wonderful approach that you've taken that is empowering. It's really empowering. And that's, that's the goal, you know, that we that's walk away, not just with more information, but with things that we can do to make changes in our lives that exactly. matter. Yes, 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 yes. Because we are not we are not victims. We are, you know, the world, we can go out and make impactful changes and, and we, you know, but, but we have to, we have to realize that the power is within us. So that's what I want our kids to know. Well, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Bye everybody. information provided in this podcast is not intended as specific tax or legal advice and may not be relied upon for purposes of avoiding any federal tax penalties. The Haney Company, its employees and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. Individuals are encouraged to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the estate planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal legal or tax counsel. 
The information provided here does not constitute personal financial advice, but is meant as the conveyance of information for educational purposes only. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is not indicatory of future returns. Guarantees are backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurer. Brian Haney is a registered representative of Coastal Equities Incorporated and an investment advisory representative of Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated. Investment advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated, and securities are offered through Coastal Equities Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC.